Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And you know, you guys just missed it. You just missed it. I mean, if you guys had gotten here a little bit earlier, you'd have gotten to visit with Tim because he popped into the he popped into the show for like half a moment. He did. While we were setting up this morning, it was crazy. Tim yeah. lives. We had a proof of life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for Where are they holding? He's you, doing Tim? well. Where are they holding you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should have asked him that. We didn't. We're like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Did yeah. you watch blah, blah, blah? Yeah, really? What are you doing? <laughs> well, and then Wayne Wayne always makes it weird because Wayne immediately asked him, what are you wearing? And, uh... <laughs> are you wearing pants? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul. Yes, sir. I got a massage yesterday. Oh, where? Uh, uh, all, <laughs> all over. <laughs> oh, I, I, I meant the location of the place. <laughs> there... There is a uh, a massage school uh, about a block and a half from the house, and so uh, you can get a, a rather inexpensive massage from one of the students. You know that, uh-huh. that's like in their senior. You know they're they're about to graduate, and so they've got to get X amount of hours before they can graduate. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, Chico's Locos Massajos Junior? If only, if only. <laughs> But I got to tell you, you know, the only reason I haven't had a massage in, you know, uh, since lockdown. Yeah. And now that I, I am, you know, two shot jock, you know, I, I got both I got both of my Modernas. Uh, I, I went and got a, uh, a massage this week and it was wonderful. It See, was the whole school aspect makes me nervous because growing up, my mom used to go to uh, like the beautician school to get her haircut where they. You can get them really cheap or get them free because they're right. training people. And the perm burnt her hair. Well, you know, uh, I figure the the worst thing that's going to happen to me is, uh, you know, it's not a good massage. I don't I don't figure that, you know, I'm, at least I'm not going to walk out of there and go, man, the worst thing about getting a massage is that it's a bad massage. Whereas you go to a haircut place, you know, nothing grows out slower than a bad haircut, as the ad used to say. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I got to tell you. She she rubbed on me like she was mad at me. It was great. It was great. <laughs> I mean, this all sounds like a human trafficking thing. I'm just putting that yeah. out there. <laughs> well, I, I mean, tell you what, did you I talk you to what? her first? Because maybe she was mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- at one moment, you know, and I don't know if you guys have ever had massages before, but you know, when I first started going, I was very timid about you know uh, you know stripping down for the massage. And now I'm like, start peeling off my clothes when I hit the door. I'm like, you know, point me to the bed, you know. So, <laughs> but uh, I'm used to sort of boundaries, you know, in the massage. And she, she was a very short woman. And there was one moment in the massage, and I'm, I'm face down with the, you know, my, my head through the little massage hole. And uh, uh, she, I feel her climb up on the table. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, and she she was doing it so she could get more pressure on my back. But I was just like, what, what, what's happening here? What's happening here? And then again, when I was on my back, she does it again. And I'm like, you know what? This feels so good. Suzanne will understand. If this is turning into sex, <laughs> Suzanne, it, it won't be a problem. <laughs> because this is awesome. <laughs> Aaron starts reaching for his wallet. So, I, it didn't matter. It would have been, you know, whatever it takes. This this is the best massage I've had in forever. You know, whatever you need, lady. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you need. 
So do you wear the mask in while you're getting the massage? Uh, well, there were there were people with masks there. There were people without masks there. Um, I asked her what she was comfortable with. And, uh, you know, I told her, I said that I had both of my shots. And she goes, you don't need to wear the mask. I'm like, all right, great. So I didn't. Because I think I'll, that would be that would feel weird. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I would want to, uh, you know, lay there for an hour with my mask on. Uh, I really, I really hate wearing the mask. I wear the mask when I'm out in public, but I really hate wearing the mask. Yeah. So, anyway, I I, 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 it was a great day yesterday, Paul. I got a massage. I went to the liquor store and bought a bottle of Legavalin 16. Uh, I had a cigar. I, I, I watched Battlestar Galactica on the back porch. It was a great day. I'm just saying. Yeah, that, that sounds wonderful, Aaron. It was wonderful. You know, I was thinking about you the other day. Um, huh. In, in 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 an appropriate manner this time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, do you do you get stars? Uh, the the cable channel. Yes, I do. There's a show on there called Men in Kilts. I have seen trailers for that. I've not watched it, but I've seen the previews. Yeah, I saw the first episode. Um, they're the, they're guys from Outlander, right? Yeah, that yeah. show that I absolutely hate. By I, I've not seen Outlander actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's two guys from Outlander, you know, Scottish guys, and they are exploring the Scottish country. Mm-hmm. And so the first episode is all about food and drink, and they go to, uh, you know, a, a Scotch distillery. It's, it's, I, I think you'd enjoy it. Seems like something you'd like. I will check that out. And, and there's very will... minimal time travel romance in it. it it's... <laughs> that's, a, that's what I can't bear, is the time travel romance. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, this week... Tons of comics this week. It was a big comic week. In fact, there are some comics that we cut out of our uh, uh, review today. Uh, one of which is I was the only one who read it, which is Carmen. Oh yeah, uh, Image Comics. And I gotta tell you, uh, I really like that book, Paul. I think it's right up your alley. It's by Gillum March. Oh, okay. uh, it is beautifully drawn. I mean, it is achingly gorgeous. Uh, the book. I, it, I will be directly honest with you. I'm not really sure what the book is about yet, <laughs> um, but I am I am transfixed. The uh, main character Carmen appears to be the angel of death. Okay, and she visits a woman who has slashed her wrists in the story, and it is talking about the transition of death, and it is just. A, a, a really interesting story and uh, a, as uh, gruesome as you know suicide is mm-hmm. um, has a terrific sense of humor um, mm. and and so there, there's this interesting juxtaposition of the the supernatural metaphysical uh, you know big questions about life and death and then also a commentary about uh, isolation, uh, which I think is, you know, really timely right yeah. now. Um, it sounds really interesting. It is so good. It is so good. And again, the artwork is brilliant. Uh, so I highly recommend it. And that's all I'll say about it since I'm the only one who read it. But, uh, you know, uh, first issue just came out this week uh, from Image Comics. Gillum March just drawn his guts out on this book well and it, it, he had a big week this week because we're going to talk about joker number one here yeah. in a bit and he was the artist on that as well yeah but first 
we're gonna t- so this was actually a really good week for comics i enjoyed everything i read except <laughs> non-stop spider-man <laughs> number one um yeah for, i did not pick that one up you know i yeah I'm out on the normal Spider-Man book, not because I have anything against it. It just, it wasn't grabbing me. Um, you know, I, I started, I tried the first, I don't know, story arc. And I'm like, eh, it's okay, but like, I'm good right now. And so nonstop Spider-Man felt like a good opportunity to hop in on a continuity light Spider-Man book from Joe Kelly. And I am a big Chris Boccolo fan, um, you know, art fan. And so I was excited about this book. I thought I was, you know, figured I'd, I'd check it out. And, um... You know, the, the premise is, and they, they describe it in the, the back of the book, is that they're very much going for a speed or, um, what is the other, uh, crank type vibe where it is just literally nonstop crank? action. Crank the movie with uh, yeah. Jason Statham. I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. Uh, it, 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 I have to say, the name of the book, Nonstop Spider-Man, is kind of dumb, but it lived up to the name. Yeah, I mean, it is nonstop, but, you know, basically the, the, the premise is story light, action forward, keep going, 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 as if, like, speed. If you go below a certain, you know, speed, then then bad things will happen. And so that's the premise of this book, like, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. But I just did, it, it because, I don't know, maybe it's because of that premise that this book just really didn't grab me. See, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And some of the things I liked about it, like... Early on, you have him jumping out a window, and the first thing he's thinking is webbing up all the debris. It's like little touches like that of he's trying to protect everyone, while yeah, I have no idea what's going on in the story, because it's all action. But just little moments like that I enjoy. I actually liked the backup feature more than the front, than, than the main story. Now, I loved the Chris Boccolo art. Chris Boccolo, I mean, he's the right yeah. artist for this book, despite the story not really grabbing me. Who wrote it? Joe Kelly. Okay. Uh, and he, he's usually pretty good. He's yeah. got a he's got a good batting average. He does. He does. I yeah. mean, it's not a bad book. It just didn't grab me. Yeah. That um, backup story was so good, and it made. I'm guessing it'll tie in. Yeah. But it made no sense. Yeah. So the backup story is about Baron Zemo reclaiming uh, Hydra. Um, you know, kind of taking it back as the taking back his leadership of Hydra, and so and Dale Eaglesham on art. Uh, uh, Eagle fan. Yeah, love that guy. So yeah. I actually really liked the backup story, but the front story, yeah. uh, you know, I thought it was fine, but it, again, not enough for me to pick up issue two, especially at at a cost of five dollars an issue. So as much as Paul yeah. likes it in I, the back, he's not picking up the next issue. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, and when I say the backup story made no sense, I don't mean the story itself. The story itself made perfect sense. The it being in a Spider-Man book. Uh, yeah. Made Can no I, sense. Can I confess something here? Yes. Uh, I've got Spider-Man issues. Um, I, I, Spider-Man was was uh, one of the first superhero characters that, that I read when I when I got into comics. Uh, you know, right after Superman, I was into Spider-Man, and I, I, and I, I love the character and all, but I just feel like all the Spider-Man stories have been told. And I know that's a weird thing to say when you've been in comics, you know, a, a, as long as I and others have, but I just feel like there's, there's nothing new in the Spider-Man story. I feel like the last really original Spider-Man story I read was uh superior Spider-Man and, you know, along with it, the, you know, trials and tribulations of Spider-Man during the civil war. But, you know, beyond that, I just, I just don't feel like anything's really fresh anymore. See, I had fun with this, but this definitely isn't really anything 
it's action adventure Spider-Man. But the regular series, the last story arc was really good. And I do think it was something new dealing with who Kindred is and all of that. And the final Kindred is the uh, the last issue that we've had of it. I mean, well, the the issue this week didn't deal with this, but last week's issue dealt with Doctor Strange confronting Mephisto and saying, what did you do to Spider-Man? I, it looks like and they've been building up to it that they're going to deal with Brand New Day. Well, and, and that, that is the might be... uh, latest v- villain, like the main villain of this um, current arc, Nick Spencer arc. Gotcha. So, you know, maybe that's a good jumping on point for me because one of the things that I can't figure out is where the hell to get in, mm-hmm. you know, with Spider-Man. Um, and so, you know, maybe if they are going to, I, I feel like the, the Brand New Day stuff has been bait and switch for a very long time. Uh, if that's something that they're actually going to to address, that might be something I'd be interested in. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep you updated if they get back into it. This week's story was the new costume, and it uh, it was not a particularly good issue. <laughs> and I think that's way you know maybe that's been my I don't my problem with Spider Man in general is they if Spider Man was moving down a path of growing older. You know, marriage, you know, mm-hmm. Aunt May dying. Like, and, and I know we talk about comics. Comics are always, you know, um, in the second act. But at the same time, I feel like, and I know this sounds like total 40 year old fanboy, you know, <laughs> complaining about something 10 years ago, but since Brand New Day, it feels like that reset button to Spider Man and, you know, has just resulted in. This constant turn of the same stories over and over and over. Yeah. Um, now, don't and get that's me wrong. Been there my have been exceptions. With, with the there have absolutely been exceptions. You know, like when Dan Slott on, was on the book, he he wrote some great stuff. He wrote some not great stuff. Um, you know, Nick Spencer seems to. You know, I liked how he was bringing Mary Jane back to the forefront of the book, but it was still always with this taint. Yeah. Of well, but. You know, we were never married, and you know, we can't get married. Blah 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 nonsense. But you know, we'll see how it's addressed, and in, in you know, maybe it's far enough away from from Brand New Day that they're willing to finally do something about it. I certainly hope so, because that's what I've been waiting for. Okay, Wayne. Well, your charge is to let me know when it's time for me to come back in. So that, that's <laughs> that's your job now. That's it's all said. on you, Wayne. It's all on you. <laughs> Well, also for Marvel Comics this week, Strange Academy issue nine came out. Um, you know, in this issue, we have the parents, parent day at the Strange Academy. I, uh, I freaking love this book, Paul. This book was, this I, issue was so, so good. Um, and, and it was all full of great personal moments. Uh-huh. Still had enough action, you know, still had some comic book type action, but, you know, not. Not to the detriment of the uh, the, the the great personalities and yeah. great writing. I you know it opens up with Calvin, uh, you know, sitting at at the dinner table with his foster parents, and the crushing uh, aspect of his relationship with, with with these two foster parents uh, was rough. But you know there is this catharsis. In that scene where he magics his foster father, I mean, I I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, I mean, I cheered for you know Calvin scaring the living shit out of his foster father, 
You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 just, I thought that was a wonderful scene. Um, there is so much to love in this book and not the least of which is uh, Scarlet Witch, you know, Wanda Maximoff in mm-hmm. her uh, <laughs> combining her bustier uh, <laughs> with, you know, very conservative attire uh, uh, teaching a class there at Strange Academy. It's, it's I, a I was, design. <laughs> I was cracking the fuck up. I, I, I thought that was great. Uh, but, you know, I, I, the the star of this book is the relationship that forms between Doyle Dormammu and uh, and Calvin. I I just I love that Doyle is not an asshole or at least he's not completely an asshole. Yeah, uh, I, I love that there is a, a warmth and tenderness. And I love that the mindless ones hate him because yeah. of what Dormammu did to them. I, I this this there is such a rich tapestry and just so many layers in this in the story and in the characterization and it is a hundred percent character i mean this this story would not work at all this issue would not work at all if you just didn't love these characters and if these characters were not so well designed the (laughs) loki being in the you know family day relay race and you know uh one of the kids' moms, you know, calling him out on his trickster bullshit yeah. was killing me, just <laughs> killing me. And, t- and, you know, talking about him, about, about that tiara you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Loki book. versus Emily's mom, like when they're arguing uh-huh. and she's like, we found the totem. And he's like, I found it too. And she's like, it's a one of a kind ancient deity totem. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It, I love this book. I did too. It, it was a blast. Super fun. Uh, great humor. You know, I like that Calvin has some type of dark side um, to him. And, yeah, darker than Dormammu. Yeah, you know, darker than Doyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, did you see? Did you the Parents' Day race results at the end? They show like uh-huh. the times for the the track and i'm reading it and like first place is emily bright's mom at 18 minutes 54 second 54.67 seconds second place uh-huh. is loki at 18.5466 seconds and i'm like hold on right is that a typo yeah. and then i see further down the post-it. <laughs> yeah the post that says <laughs> something something's up with loki's time voodoo please review that that, that, that trickster bullshit yeah <laughs> I, I i think this book is just a kick yeah. just a real kick you know, so I mean, just a, a nice palate cleanser from uh-huh. the the dark, dark book that is Joker number one um, that I picked up this week. Wayne and I picked up from James Tenyon the Fourth and Gillem Gillem Guillem Guillem. I'm going to go with Guillem. I just I'm, I just call him Gillem. Hey Gillem. He also goes by Gill. Gill. By by Guillem March. Yeah, Paul. This was easily my book of the week. This was a fantastic book. Um, it was way better than I expected it to be because I'm like, how do you make a, a how do you make a book about the Joker that isn't just going to be tiresome? You know? Yeah, um, I had the same thought going in. It's like you can't really follow Joker's perspective and have a really good story. I mean, it's you can do it for maybe a one shot or something, but I didn't expect this to be a Jim Gordon book. Yeah, it's a Jim Gordon book. Uh, and that I, I didn't expect, and it, it works so well. I mean, James Tenney the Fourth is a great writer, anyway. Um, but this book was just so well written, um, really moody. I do think the art 
you know. Did you I, say nudie? Moody. M O O. Moody. Okay. Yeah, there's there's no nudity in this issue. Okay. But um, I think the art would be better served by someone like Francesco Francavilla, who can do kind of that noir um, aspect to it. But it 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 is a very dark. Um, you know, it, they they go to some darker places. You would, with Jim Gordon talking about you know a serial killer in his past and. I, I, I thought it was great. I really, really liked this book and the backup feature. I, you know, when I read that, I'm like, I hope Wayne's reading this book because of the punchline yeah. backup feature. Yeah, and it's one of those things. I didn't like punchline when she showed up, but ever since that punchline one shot, I have really grown to like the character. She became a much stronger character to me at that point. And so, yeah, I got a kick out of the backup. I love the entire Jim Gordon issue mm-hmm. going into his past in Chicago his conversations with other police officers and just everything about getting inside his head. And that last page has me wondering, did Joker really do that at Arkham? He didn't. They, that's all right. So this ties into um, the stuff that's going on in Batman, where uh, Arkham Asylum, of course, most of the, the criminal element had already escaped or been <laughs> let free. But, um, you know, basically but they got Arkham- Bane. Yeah, they got Bane, but basically Arkham's been destroyed. Everyone inside of it, you know, murdered via Joker gas. And um, But it, it, the impression that I get from Batman issue 106 is that uh, the Scarecrow is behind it all. Um, you know, it, trying to, to spread fear and frame it on the Joker. And that makes a lot of sense with what they're doing with Scarecrow. In this issue, when Joker's reading the paper... That's what made me think, hey, I don't think Joker did this. Yeah. No, it's a, it, so I highly recommend Joker number one. Now, the only thing that I'm going to say, and you know, I said it a, a little bit earlier, almost every book I picked up this week was $5. And though I enjoyed the backup features in some of these books, I won't say all of these books, uh, but Joker was one I did enjoy and Nonstop Spider-Man I enjoyed, I'd rather have a $4 book than a, you know, <laughs> than a backup feature. Um, yeah, you know, because five dollars, you know, it, it, it's tiresome to just. I mean, we're going to talk about five books this week, six books, five books, and that's twenty five dollars. Um, it, it, I know. Again, this is old guy screaming at, "Hey, world, don't change!" <laughs> um, but you know, the, the five dollars. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, but it, it will certainly make me choosier in the future. Uh, you know, and we're all working adults. We, we get steady paychecks, but you know. 25 these are just the five books we're talking about you know 40 bucks a week it's it becomes a little bit of a hard pill to swallow yeah yeah well it's been 40 bucks a week for me for a long time it's just less books for 40 and more checking out things on uh comicsology unlimited or dc infinite or some of those instead well and that's what it'll turn us into right sorry i'm sorry aaron i didn't mean to cut you off but i think that's what it's going to turn us into right like we're going to be the guys who make that choice of really does the joker need to be a five dollar book or can i wait six months right well and i you know i think we we touched on this on a on a previous podcast but i am more and more looking at the things that i'm buying on new comic book day and going okay what do i want to read right now what do i need to read right now Versus what can I wait six months for and read it in the DC Universe app, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, it is less easy to predict when the Marvel stuff is going to go, right? When it's going to fall into Comixology Unlimited. Yeah. 
But the DC stuff seems to be fairly predictable. And I got to tell you, they released a bunch of new stuff this week in the app, you know, new stuff like six months ago. Uh, in the app, I was like, oh, great. You know, I, I've got all, all kinds of DC stuff here to buy. I mean, I, 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 I come back to this frequently. I feel like if I, I wasn't on a weekly new comic book podcast, I'd probably get out of new comics altogether. I would, you know? yeah, I would pop in for, I wouldn't say pop in. I would pick up a few every week, you mm -hmm. know, my, my vital titles, basically. Vital titles. <laughs> you know, the big events and things like that oh. that I really want to read. But yeah, I would I would certainly, um, you know, wait on some of these books. But, I, yeah. you know, I will say I don't regret any of the purchases I made this week. I enjoyed every book, like I said. But um, it, it certainly does, it, it's kind of like TV, right? When there's When you are flush with content with limited time, you're just gonna have to be choosier, right? Right. Um, so you know that that brings us to Superman issue twenty nine, which is you know we're continuing down the Infinite Frontier relaunches. Um, you know, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Phil Hester, who I'm a big fan of. The only Same. thing that I would say before we hop into the the content of the book itself, I really wish the cover better served that this was uh -huh. a rebooted book. Right. It was just, yeah, there it, needed it was... to be. Other, I mean, I appreciate the the Infinite Frontiers banner at the top, mm -hmm. um, but I really do think that there should have been, you know, a brand new era in Superman storytelling begins here yeah. on the cover. It was based, it, you know, the the cover of Superman number twenty nine was the cover that you would expect from Superman twenty nine. Not right. the cover you would expect from Infinite Frontier, relaunch Superman, new creative team. You know, none of that's really presented on the cover. Well, and I also think that the trade dress on this serves them less well than the Rebirth trade dress did. You know, Rebirth, you had that great big banner that, yeah. that dominated the top 20% yeah. of the book. So that you knew, okay, this is a thing. Um, I appreciate that the uh, the economy in the infinite frontiers which really just looks like a sticker at the top left corner um i think they should they should do a bigger more distinctive uh banner up there so that folks go okay this is the new shit you know yeah i agree and to, to, this is i will say on the joker no problem that felt like a first issue cover on wonder woman right. which i'm about to talk about felt like a great relaunch cover uh, but this one just this was a, a lackluster cover, given what the the point of this book was. If you want to draw people back into Superman because they dropped out during the Bendis run, like everyone else on this podcast except Aaron, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know that was not the cover to do it. We just happened to know, right? Yeah, a very lackluster cover for a very lackluster book. Really? You didn't like this book? I did not like it at all. Wow. I like the backup story, the main story. I find they're making me hate Jonathan Kent. I don't like this character anymore. See, I liked it. I liked that this book was very focused on, you know, because Ben, I don't want to say this is the unbendising of it, but, you know, Bendis spent so long, you know, aging up Jonathan and, you know, removing Jonathan from the, the, the main Superman title and, you know, putting him in the, the Legion that I appreciated that this was really a, a father-son book. Um, mm -hmm. You know, th this was 100% you know the relationship about su between Superman and Jonathan, and I, I appreciate it. This I mean, was he's... definitely a Jonathan book. Yeah, it was a Jonathan issue narrated by Jonathan, mm -hmm. and going through the dialogue just fell flat to me. It didn't. It didn't hit at all. You saw a little bit from Superman of how he's you know struggling with the fact his son was aged up, but 
it just the dialogue of it really fell flat and it didn't feel like a superman book it felt like a jonathan kent book and i don't like the voice they've given him at all hmm. yeah i i don't know wayne i like I, I i tend to disagree with you on it and perhaps because you know looking at this in light of the superman and lois television show that's happening right now this kind of felt like a larger scale larger budget superman and lois right because jonathan is a teenager in that as well now obviously jordan is more the jonathan character in that in that um series but you know th this kind of strikes me as in line with the tales that they're telling in that television show as well yeah i just feel like the show is doing a better job of giving them character and these characters the writing felt really flat to me Except for the backup. I love the Bibbo story. And that's funny, because I didn't. <laughs> I, I did. I, well, I like the Bibbo. idea of Bibbo being a writer, I, I find uh, I, I find a bit ludicrous. But uh, I, I enjoyed the Bibbo story. Uh, but I also enjoyed the uh, Superman-Jonathan story. And I understand why Jonathan was the narrator, because I think ultimately this is going to be Jonathan's book. Uh, and it, it's laying down the work of why he feels like he's not ready to be Superman, which is a story I also appreciate. I mean, uh, you know, as we all go through adulthood, you know, we uh, many of us have have the concerns like, you know, am I am I the genuine article? Am I am I equal to what my father was at this age? And I I I, I that resonates with me in this story. Plus, I loves me some Phil Hester. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed this book. But Paul. You brought up Superman and Lois, and I did it. I did it, Paul. I bought the season on Amazon <laughs> so I can watch it without any commercial breaks. And let me tell you, that has made all the difference. That is funny <laughs> because I was editing last week's episode, and I was I was laughing about your commentary how you're so tired of fast forwarding through commercials. <laughs> well, it's it's not the fast forwarding through commercials; it's the ridiculous number of commercial breaks that the CW has. Fair. I mean, it, it just seems oppressive, the number of breaks, and that you can't that that they won't let you live in a moment because they're going to another fucking commercial break. And I got to tell you, watching it uh, streaming, it felt very much very cinematic, and uh, it felt so, the quality just comes through. I got to tell you, I think I think Superman and Lois feels like the first CW show that's broken out of their their otherwise usual superhero mo mode for storytelling. Um, I, I really hope they keep it up because I am deeply enjoying the character moments between the boys and between Lois and Clark. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I cannot believe that I am saying this, but I love this show. Yeah. And I mean, besides the writing, you hit it, Aaron. It feels and looks cinematic. Yeah. Like the the way it's filmed, it looks like it's film filming a movie, not a CW show. Right. Yeah. No, it does not feel. You know, so many times when I'm watching like The Flash or Arrow, it feels very confined and boxed in. Mm -hmm. You know, it feel it feels like something that is ha happening on a TV budget. That is not what I get out of Superman and Lois. And not that I'm saying that they're that they're spending buckets of money on special effects, but it is the way they're shooting scenes. Uh, the The world seems bigger, um, except for when they do a scene inside the Daily Planet, which is the sketchiest looking uh, newsroom I have ever seen on film. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, I mean, the, the scenes just seem big. You know, they're in Kansas, and of course you're going to have a big sky. 
right? I mean, and 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 they do that. I mean, I just I think they're just doing a remarkable job shooting this show, writing for the show. And I gotta say, I've never been wild about the casting on this show, but all of them are doing their part. So. Anyway, big thumbs up to Superman and Lois. And I got to say, I disagree with Wayne as well, Paul. Big thumbs up to this issue of Superman. All right. Yeah, I'm hoping there's another Superman book that actually is about Superman and not Jonathan. Because I will give another book a shot, but I'm out on this one. Well, let's see. what, what I, It's the same writer on Action Comics, but I don't exactly recall. You know, they're, they're, everyone has a, a different take. Like Superman is the superhero book. Action Comics is a bit right. different. So I'm not entirely sure what, what the plan is for Action Comics, but I'll pick it up when it comes out. And I, I will, too. I, so I, I want to be reading a Superman book. Well, so, Paul, I did not pick up Wonder Woman this week. Uh, I looked at preview pages, was not dazzled by preview pages. So I thought I would let Paul sell it to me you know so i don't know why i picked up wonder woman i'm, I'm just gonna be upfront with you i don't know why i did uh, it's written by michael conrad and becky clunan who i like art by travis moore who i'm not familiar with um i loved the cover um where wonder woman is just kind of like a fish out of water in the middle of a giant battle um it and it says a new odyssey starts here like literally this is the trade dress that serves a relaunch book right. uh, so i thought i'd give it a shot and um i didn't even read the description that's like <laughs> I just went in. Um, so in the current, so at the end of Infinite Frontier issue zero, Wonder Woman has turned down the opportunity to join the Omniscience. Um, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, you know, and and be one of the, the you know the, the 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 greatest beings in the universe, like this Phantom Stranger and and all of them, and so. The Spectre, yeah. So she, she, she has like said, "No, I'm going to go back." Well, we, you know what? What she wakes up in Valhalla, which is interesting, right? Because you know Wonder Woman is descended from the Greek gods, and Valhalla. Right. It, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, from the Greek gods, and Valhalla is you know your 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 Norse mythology, and so she she wakes up in Valhalla and you know befriends um, Sigmund or Siegfried, excuse me, Siegfried, and. It, it, it like wakes up in the middle of a battle and you know she's quickly brought up to speed that you know they are basically they do this every day they 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 because th this is where warriors go after they die yeah. she you know that you you fight wars every day until you're done and then you go and you drink your face off and if you die in battle you just wake up the next day or you know you wake up later like you know right. it, it's basically you know you you relive that over and over and over and you know at the wonder woman you know she she her, her memories you know the longer she stays here the more she embraces it the more her memory fades of uh, of you know of her previous life um and you know but at the same time you know there there's definitely something is happening right yggdrasil is dying um, you know, and, and causing these, the, the way I get it is causing these different worlds to converge. Um, you know, the, the, and I just, you know, it is, I, I know I'm spoiling the entire book, but I just to kind of, to, that, but that's basically the concept of what happens in this first issue. And the art is great. The character, the characters are great, instantly likable wonder woman. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, we're always so used to seeing lately, in, in, in more recent tales of Wonder Woman, you see a Wonder Woman who's more regal, more formal, 
um, you know, in her super heroics. Not a Wonder Woman who lets her hair down and enjoys herself, um, you know, as a warrior. And that's what you get in this book. You get yeah. Wonder Woman drinking mead, you know, arm wrestling, fighting battles, you know, um, and, and and enjoying every aspect of it. And I thought this book was stupendous. This was my book of the week. I really huh. enjoyed this book. Um, and there's a backup tale that is uh, Tales of, of Young Wonder Woman. Um, you know, I, I will say this is one of those backup features that was, eh, it was cute. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a young Diana. Um, you know, and it has a very child, uh, children's book style art. Like, so it didn't really add anything to the book other than a dollar. Um, but the, the main story, spot on. And I'm really looking forward to, to picking up the next issue. One of the things that has always bothered me about Wonder Woman is her perfection, you know, uh, that she is, you know, she, she does bear the aspect of goddess m- much of the time. Uh, and it's I, it's hard to relate to her. Uh, so your your description of her, you know, uh, kind of being badass Wonder Woman mm-hmm. uh, sounds compelling. I may have to pick that up. But you mentioned what a great cover that was. And I agree. It's a terrific cover. There was a book this week that I bought just because of the cover. Oh. I didn't I didn't look inside. I saw the cover. I'm like, fuck yes, I'm getting that book. And it was Immortal Hulk number 44. <laughs> and the cover, let me paint this picture for okay. you. It's got Henry Gyrick. Remember him? Yes. From, from the Avengers back in yeah. the day. Henry Gyrick sitting in his office on the S.W.O.R.D. satellite. Reading a, com- reading a comic book featuring the astounding UFOs with a cover on that book that looks very much like a Sal Buscema cover, uh, Sal Bushima cover. And I was like, fuck yes, I am getting this book. I almost bought the book just because of the cover. Oh, it was a terrible book. Oh, no. <laughs> I read the preview pages, and that's why I decided not yeah, to buy it. I but did not, the cover I, looks wonderful. Yeah, the cover is gorgeous. Um, People really like that Incredible or the Immortal Hulk, that, that series. I I the I did not care for this book one little bit, and I haven't read an issue of Immortal Hulk in a while, uh, for reasons. But uh, the the it had I, number one. I'm a Gyrick fan from way back, uh, and was just thinking a few weeks ago, whatever happened to that guy? Well, he works for Sword now, um, and he is on in the first two, maybe three pages of this book, and the rest of it is a lot of weirdness I didn't really understand. Um, with a with the 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 Hulk that we all know and love, you know, sort of disintegrating. Um, I really hated this book, but man, that cover is gorgeous. <laughs> and I'm saving it out for a cover of the year because it it is gorgeous. Well, I didn't pick it up. It sounds like yeah. I shouldn't, but I did check no, out the cover, and it is a great cover. Yeah, it is. It is a great cover. So, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, next week is actually a pretty pretty big week. Um, so Captain America oh, and... There's nothing coming out next week. What are you talking about? Well, you know, I thought that at first. Because, you know, you look up Comixology <laughs> and you go in order. And I'm like, wow, it seems like a really slow week next week. But then I got uh-huh. to I. <laughs> and then the floodgates opened. Yeah. So from Marvel Comics, we get Iron Man issue 7. Continu- continuing the story by Christopher Cantwell and Kafu. Good story. It's a good story. Um, it is. We also get a new issue of Thor, the fifth part of Prey, featuring the evil Donald Blake, and the Trials of Ultraman, the second uh, miniseries um, from that that Marvel Ultraman line. From DC Comics, we get Brian Michael Bendis's start on Justice League, 
Uh, Justice League issue 59 comes out next week from Brian Michael Bendis and David Marquez. I'm scared, Paul. I, I'm scared. I am too. I, am too. <laughs> like, I, I really think I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm going I really in. Want to, I really want to enjoy the Justice League. I have really wanted to enjoy, enjoy the Justice League for a long time now, and I just haven't gotten it. I'm, I'm scared, Paul. I am too. I'm, re- I'm genuinely like, <laughs> God, please don't suck. Yeah, I, I am, I am, I am genuinely, genuinely pensive about yeah. this. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm all bunched up. <laughs> I, I, I can't use the bathroom, Paul. <laughs> well, from Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo, the creative team from Injustice, you get Nightwing issue 68, the Infinite Frontier relaunch of that book. And finally, well, and also from DC Comics, Superman Red and Blue issue one comes out from, um, you know, featuring kind of a, a, a vast creative team. This is the Superman equivalent of Batman Black and White, has a gorgeous cover by Gary Frank. Um, you know, they, they'll have uh, a bunch of artists and writers doing short stories inside. I might pick up the first issue, seems up my alley. Yeah, it sounds interesting. And from Image Comics, Radiant Black, Issue 2, from Kyle Higgins and Marcello Costa. Also, yeah, I am too. And also, the big, you know, release next week, at least for me, is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Comes out this upcoming Thursday, March 18th, on HBO Max. And also, the the recolored, uh, you know, re whatever you want to call it uh basically the um the snyder corrected version of batman versus superman reincorporating the imax scenes and recolored the way he intended it to be yes i don't think i heard this i didn't i was not aware that he was retouching up uh, bvs yeah he had he had seen bvs on blu-ray when it came out and he's watching it he's like hold on these colors aren't right (laughs) <laughs> and so um, he, he, you know, on his own dime, he he went and, you know, as part of this Justice League work, recolored it, um, you know, reincorporated the IMAX uh, ratio when, when it was filmed in an IMAX ratio. Because that one was, you know, was one of those films that changed ratio throughout the film. Um, right. And that will come out on HBO Max same day as Justice wow. League Snyder Cut. That's like six hours of, uh, you know, DC Extended Universe, right? It, it I is. Mean, <laughs> wow. And Paul, wow. I have no doubt that you're going to love this movie. I, I have doubts, but I am going to watch it. And I I mean, of course I have doubts. I, I, I love the first two hours of Batman vs. Superman, but that last 45 minutes is, is trash. It's a little um, rough. It's <laughs> because the only things redeemable for me are in the last 45 minutes. <laughs> but so I, I'm very hopeful. Um, you know, the early reviews are, are out for Justice League, uh, you know, because they've had uh, a couple of IMAX screenings for press. And I think the actual embargo releases this week for full-on reviews but the mm-hmm. the social media embargo has lifted and um it is getting very very positive reviews um you know and and very much um dis, you know has been described as distinct from the other version so you know i'm looking forward to it we will be talking about it next week on the podcast it doesn't falcon and winter soldier start this week too and that's some bullshit because yeah. Justice League comes out Thursday, Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out Friday. So you are going to have a, a murderer's row of content this weekend. But that Justice League, that Marvel, they're really sticking it to DC. Because uh, I think Justice League had staked its claim first. Right. And then uh, Marvel was like, you know what? We'll give you a day. Bam! Falcon <laughs> and Winter Soldier. Um, and the, 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 the social media um, you know, embargo is lifted on the first episode of that. And that's also getting positive reviews. You know, despite, uh, you know, being in lockdown and, uh, quote, having all the time in the world, I just don't have that much time for TV. And 
like for instance, you know, during WandaVision, etc., um, I was I, I have not watched any of the expanse. I think I've watched like three episodes of the expanse, you know, and I'm like, ah, it's streaming. I'll get to it. And, I, you know, stuff keeps coming out. So I'm watching Superman and Lois on a on the weekly uh, have been watching WandaVision this week. I watched Assembled and, you know, next week I'll I'll figure out a way to get Falcon and Winter Soldier in there. Plus the four hours of Justice League. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm concerned that Paul has told me about the coloring of BVS because I feel like I need to watch that as well. Um, I'm wonder, I, I feel the same, but we'll I, see. I, you know, I'm like, and if you're doing it right, you're watching it in advance of Justice League. So that's uh, nine hours of content. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you on Expanse, though, Aaron. I haven't finished it either because there's I, been so is, much else I've been watching. That I love so much on The Expanse. I love the, the, the breakout story of Amos, uh, you know, freeing... Uh, um, he calls her Peaches. I never can remember her actual name, but you know, for liberating her and getting her back, you know, to the uh, uh, Rosinante. Love that story. So it's not anything to do with my my like or dislike of the Expanse because I love the Expanse. But I'm like, eh, it's out there. I'll watch this other more immediate stuff. But man, there's just so much good stuff to watch. Yeah, because we don't talk about it on the podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, well, you know, we want to know what you thought of this week's books, and we really want to know what you think next week of Justice League and what you think of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media. IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, guys, you, you've got your homework cut out for you, and we'll see you back here next time for all that stuff. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.